We all know that the Aaron was hidden before the Churim Ba'is Rishon. Where it was hidden is interesting, but much more interesting is why it was hidden and how come Shlomo HaMelech built that contingency into the construction of the Beis HaMikdash in the first place. The impact it has on future Bata HaMikdash is profound, and the lesson that it has for us is also really important. We're going to learn about this in the Rambam. In the beginning of the fourth chapter of Hilchus Beis Abachir, which discusses the laws of the Beis Amigdash, after the Rambam lists for us the various items that were found in the Holy of Holies, then he tells us, as to the west of the Kedesh HaKadoshim was a unique rock. And the Aaron sat on that rock. And then his Imam Sheikh continues with what sounds like a piece of history rather than a piece of halacha. And he knew that eventually it would be destroyed. Therefore, he created a subterranean place to keep the Aaron. With these twisty, deep tunnels that he used in order to create a labyrinth of places within which he could hide the the Aaron. Um, that was the plan of Shlomo Amelech. Fast forward a few generations. Then Yoshio, when he was the king, instructed Vagonzu, and they hid the Aaron in the place that Shlomo Amelech had allocated for this purpose. Shlomo, as the Pasuk tells us, that Yoshio, Amelech told the Levim, which may actually be the Kohanim, who are the ones advising the Jewish people, that what they should do is, that Hakadoshim Lashem, those who are holy in Hashem, Tenu Es Oren Hakodesh, you should take that holy ark and put it in the special chamber that Shlomo Merch made. Ein Lachem Masiv Akasev Ato, you no longer at this point are going to carry the Oren going further on your shoulders as is mandated by the Torah. Ivdos Hashem Lekechem VeGomer, but now you serve the Eibushter, so to speak, in a different way, in the absence of the Oren. Then the Rambam continues to tell us that the various other uh, implements that were inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim were buried or hidden together with the Aaron somewhere deep down below the Har HaBais. None of them returned at the time of the Baisheni, not Aaron's staff, not the container of the Mon, not the Luchos, etc. And then he tells us something which seems a little unrelated. The Urim Betumim, which was part of the Choshen that, that the, the Kohen Godel had to wear, in fact it was in a flap behind the actual breastplate of the Choshen, that existed in the in the Bayashani They did not the Urim did not allow communication with Ruach HaKodesh as had happened previously in the time of the first base There's a question here that we have to address. Most of what we're going to see now when we refer to Mephoroshim is coming from the Yaivitz. Why is it relevant to us in practical halachic terms, which is the objective of the Rambam? The Gan to know all of this detail. To know where the Aaron was hidden, when it happened, who instructed it. To quote again from the Yavitz, the language and usage of terminology that the Rambam uses in the Yad HaZokah is lehalocha amurim, always focused on telling us halocha. And anything which is not going to teach us practical halocha or important information or perspective uh, that we have to have, then, typically, the Rambam would not include in Yad HaChazaka. So why is this historical information there? Question one. 
Question two, Nachmer, let's make the question more intense. This information about who and where and when the Aaron was hidden is actually subject to debate. So why does the Rambam then choose one version of how the whole process happened and say that this is actually what happened when after all the Rambam is telling us Allah not clarifying historical details. Some of Farshan Fairfren, going back to the Yavits and others, they explain that there is a very important reason why the Rambam had to teach us this, and this is the Fishi Tosoi. Because if you go a little further, this is chapter 4, go to chapter 6 of the Rambam's perspective on the base of Magdash, and you will see his outlook, which is that it's, it's central to the Rambam's argument that the holiness of the base of Magdash never ceased. Why? Because the Rambam's view that the holiness of the Beis HaMikdash never ceased, even when the Beis HaMikdash was not standing, that goes with the version that says where was the Oran hidden directly beneath its allocated place under the Kodesh HaKodesh. And one of the key factors of the Beis HaMikdash and its holiness is who may or may not enter certain areas of the Beis HaMikdash. And it would appear that the restriction against going into the area, the Heichal of the Beis HaMikdash, is dependent on whether or not the Ark is there. Because the Pasuk puts the two into the same breath. And when it tells us that people are not supposed to come into the area that faces the curtain in front of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it also says that that is the time where there is a Kaporis, which is the cover of the Oren, implying that the holiness is determined by the presence of the Oren. And therefore it would seem that the Rambam wants us to know that the Oren was buried directly beneath the Kodesh HaKadoshim so that the Beis HaMikdash would retain its holiness, which is a beautiful explanation of Berzorchian in them Tirots. But this question actually leaves us with a big, uh, this answer leaves us with a big, big question. Vile for a number of reasons. Number one, the Rambam actually tells us why he believes that the holiness of the Beis Amikdash never ceased. Why it is that the initial uh, sanctifying of the Beis Amikdash lasted into the future. He doesn't make a contingent on the Oren. He says the reason the Beis Amikdash remains perpetually holy is because the holiness of the Beis Amikdash is linked to the Shechina, and the Shechina obviously never ceases. And so it really makes no difference where the Oren is at any particular time. The Shechina is there, and according to the Rambam Shari, that's what makes the difference. But besides that is Nick Muvan, the other part that makes this answer unsatisfactory to, to us is because the Fizehot Rambam the Rambam could have conveyed that message really briefly by saying as Nignos that the Aaron was buried in its place. So that would be much clearer than having to wade through all of the information that the Rambam gave and extrapolate that the message is the Aaron is buried beneath its place in the Kedush HaKadoshim and we wouldn't need so much detail. Also Aleph so he said, oh, but the Rambam is, but what are you going to see? Look what the Rambam actually does. First of all, he's Soisen. He doesn't give us that clarity. He says, Bono, boy, mochim, lignos, boy, ha oren. He says, Shlema, Melech built within it a place to hide the oren. The logical way that we understand that is that Shlema, Melech built into the complex of the Beis Amigdash, not specifically of the Kedush HaKadoshim, a place for the oren. 
Because that's the context, what the Rambam is speaking about just before that. And we wouldn't naturally think, oh, go further back in the Rambam's explanation and see that the Oren is in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and then remember that boy over here means that the place to hide the Oren is beneath the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So if the message is that having the Oren is what's going to keep the Beis HaMikdash holy, the main message is not communicated in what the Rambam says. The idea of the Oren being buried in its place is in no way communicated by the Rambam. Besides that, there are three other questions. Beis. Why doesn't the Rambam quote the same pasuk which the Rambam, which the Gemara quotes, which is Shom Ad that the Oren is still there till Moshiach comes? Which would emphasize the fact that the Oren is still in its place, and therefore the Beis Hamikdash still has its holiness. If that's the message, quote the pasuk. Gimel ve'ikar, and a key part of our trying to understand what the Rambam is saying is why is it important then to know that the Rambam holds like the view that it was Yoshiyahu who's the one who buried the Oren or hid the Oren surely that has nothing to do with our message our message our topic is is the base of a holy place because of the presence of the Oren yes or no who hid it when it was in irrelevant so it actually make no difference if the Oren is beneath the Kodesh HaKadoshim or in or around the place where they stored the wood for the Mizbeach, which are the two views. Which view we go with surely doesn't help to clarify the Rambam's message. And Dalet Nochmer, indeed, Beide in Yonah Benegea, the Mokim Genizas Oren, or Veres Hatim Genas Given. Now, this whole debate as to where the Oren was put and who is responsible for having hidden it there, the Rambam adds a whole bunch of details that don't really seem to be important to the message or the halacha. Why do we have to know that Shlomo Melech was the person who designed the safe house for the Oren? Why is it relevant for us to know the nature of this subterranean tunnel system, that it was deep and that it was, you know, twisty and turny? Gimel, why do we have to know? Why do we have to know that Yoshio instructed them to hide the, the iron? Why don't we just say, and they hid it, or he hid it? And why does he have to reiterate that he hid it in the place that Shlomo Melech had designed? Why doesn't he just say, and he hid it there? You've already told me it's a place that Shlomo Melech designed. And hey, I bring to the Faraya from Pasuk. Why does the Rambam have to quote a Pasuk to prove this point, this whole Pasuk about the Levium? And you're not going to have Masa Bakasif anymore carrying the iron on your shoulders, but you're still going to have the Avoida. And Vov is the Tzumatik from Pasuk Eich Diverta. How come if the Rambam is going to quote the Pasuk, why does he include words which don't seem to necessarily be relevant to his message? All this information, it's the Levim who carry the Oren, and that it's a place that was built by Shlomo, the son of David Amelech, and that you're not going to carry it on your shoulder anymore. Surely the Pasuk is just there to show us that Yoshiho actually buried or hid the Oren in the place that Shlomo Melech had allocated and stop there. We don't have to know the rest of the structure of the society and who's carrying, not carrying, etc. 
Vos is din afkusa, the dinner from the Yala Pratim Hanal, bearing in mind that the Rambam's intention is to teach us halacha. There are many details in the way that he talks about where they hid the Aaron that don't seem to have any relevance in a practical halachic way. So why does he quote them? Now, before we get to any answers, a few other questions. We have to understand a few other things. Look how the Rambam says with such simplicity, such ease. knew the base of is going to be destroyed, therefore he made and designed a place to hide it. Hide the Oren. That sounds like okay. So it's clear to Shlomo Amelech. He knows absolutely the base of is going to be destroyed. So he invents the idea of having a hiding place for the Oren. That's interesting. Which is based on the fact that he intuited that the base of Mikdash was going to be destroyed. Now that seems to fly in the face of how the construction of the base of Mikdash was, was meant to happen. It's Tomor. It's very strange. Every single detail of the base of Mikdash is based on a direct, specific instruction from Hashem. As the Pasuk says, Hakoil. Everything described, written, recorded, as the Abish told me to do. So if the entire detail of every facet of the Beis HaMikdash is guided by Hashem, how is it that the safe house for the Aaron is Shlomo HaMelech's initiative? How does that fit? <laughs> I mean, the whole point of here is to say that it is part of the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore the Aaron is still in the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore the Beis HaMikdash still has its holiness, but then it's not treated like the rest of the Beis HaMikdash, and it's, it's this voluntary um, annex that, that Shlomo HaMelech makes. Beis, second question. Surely the Rambam's point over here is to tell us about what happened to the Oren at the time of the Churban Bais Rishon. Why the Oren Vatumim? How does that creep into this conversation? The easiest answer would be to say, well, they both share something in common. Neither of them was present, or at least not in its normal form, in the time of the second Beis Amikdash. Fine. The only thing is that the Urim Vatumim does not belong in this section of Aloha, which is describing the construction of the building of the Beis Amikdash. And the Urim Vatumim rather belongs not to Big De Kihuna, in the place where we describe the garments that are supposed to be available to the Kohanim. And that section is in a whole different area of Aloha, the laws of the, the vessels of the Beis Amikdash. On the Rambam brings a stack of dirt, which, by the way, the Rambam discusses the Urim Vatumim and all of these details there too. Why then does the Rambam mention it here in Hilchas Beis Abichira, which is not on the topic of the Kohanim's clothing, just because it has this generalized link that, yes, just like the Oren was not present in the second Beis Hamikdash, the Urim Vatumim did not communicate through Rocha Kodesh in the second Beis Hamikdash. What's it got to do with our conversation? As is often the case when studying the Rambam, when, you, when we realize where the Rambam places a particular halacha in the context, that gives us a tremendous insight into what the Rambam wants to communicate to us. So let's get the context, let's get the chronology of it. In Onim Hilchus the Rambam, the Rambam starts the entire discussion of the Beis Abichira, the laws concerning the Beis Abichira, by saying this. The following elements are absolutely critical to build a base Hamikdash, namely, 
Ulam Chule. And then he describes the various structural components, including the Kodesh where the Menorah, the Shulchan, and the Mizbech HaKetoros were, and the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which is where the Oren was, etc. And then he tells us, that once you have the Beis HaMikdash, you are supposed to make certain implements that belong inside the Beis HaMikdash. And he says, this goes here, and that goes there, and he tells us all, all the various things are. In divided the that's it right at the beginning. In divided the Kiprok and Perek Beis Vegimel, and you get into the second and third Perek of the laws of the Beis Abechira. It's Rama Mevorah, He describes what the various vessels looked like. I mean, it was this high, and it had that many branches, and the Kiro looked like this, and the Oren looked like that. On a Perek in the fourth chapter, then Suras Abayis, he talks about the actual layout of the base. I mean, that's Kosle Abayis, how tall the walls were, how far they ran, Heichol, the height of the, the Heichol building, how big it was, Shearim Bechulei, the nature of the gates, what materials they're made of, etc. Shtotzach, the Shaila, that then presents us with the following question. The Oren Balang Lechera Tukle HaMikdash. You would assume that the Oren is one of the vessels of the base HaMikdash, which means it should be listed and described together with the other vessels of the Beis HaMikdash, which is not what the Rambam does. Why then is the Rambam talking about all of this detail about what happened to the Oren and where it was supposed to be put in case of an emergency in the section that's describing the actual building structure of the Beis HaMikdash above ground? That drives home the message to us Having the Oren in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is Ledasa Rambam. From the Rambam's perspective is Aprat von Tzuras Habayis, part of the structural design of the Beis Amigdash. In other words, could you have a Beis Amigdash without the menorah being part of the design? Yes, but not the Oren. If the Oren is excluded, it's no longer a Beis Amigdash. The Oren is nitnor akeli. In other words, he's not describing the Oren purely as another element of the base Amigdash. Vos gefinsech in Kedesh HaKadoshim, which will be placed or located in the Holy of Holies. Like, let's say, the menorah or the Shulchan, which are kelim, that then have a particular place where they belong inside the Heichal. Now, there is a tale from the Kedesh HaKadoshim Binyan Atzmoy. Rather, the Rambam's view is that the Oren is an integral part of what makes the Kodesh HaKadoshim into the Holy of Holies. And the reason for that is because having the Oren over there would turn this building into Hashem's home. Like the Pasuk says, that David communicates to Moshe Rabbeinu, I will engage with you, I will commune with you there, where is there? From the Oren, in the Kodesh HaKadosh. Without it, the Beis HaMikdash does not fulfill its purpose. That's why the Rambam does not talk about the Oren together with the other vessels of the Beis HaMikdash. In on his list at the beginning of the Hilchas Beis HaMikdash, that in the Beis HaMikdash you're supposed to have vessels. This is the list of the vessels. But the Oren is not because the role and purpose of the Oren is not simply to be a vessel inside the Beis HaMikdash. This is a tale from Kedesh HaKadoshim. Rather, it is part of the structural integrity of the Kedesh HaKadoshim, which is interesting because it's not built into the Kedesh HaKadoshim. And yet his message is, without the Oren being placed in the Kedesh HaKadoshim, the Kedesh HaKadoshim is empty and meaningless. And by extension, the whole Beis HaMikdash is meaningless. Now, if that is the Rambam Shita, that you cannot have a Beis HaMikdash without an Oren, what happened in the, base, in the second Beis HaMikdash? 
Now we've got a big issue on our hands. If you follow that logic, then by the second base, where there was no Oren occupying the Kedosh HaKadoshim, is the Kedosh HaKadoshim from Vachadoran is a Chedig Nit Given Then clearly the Kedosh HaKadoshim was not intact. It wasn't the way it was meant to be. That means the, the second base HaMikdash wasn't just missing one of a list of items. It was missing one of the things that is integral to the building being considered a base amigdash. How could there be a base amigdash hasheni without an oran? Then it's not a base amigdash. It's a building that looks like the base amigdash, but doesn't function like the base amigdash because it has no oran. So that's what the Rambam wants to address. In order to address it, the Rambam has to tell us all of the details of where the Oren landed up in, of course, the time of the second base Amigdash. To reassure us that even in the time of the second base Amigdash, where there was no physical Oren visible or accessible, the base Amigdash was still a base Amigdash. How does that work? The Biribos explanation is this. What did the Rambam tell us? He told us the fact that the Rambam made a point of telling us that when Shlomo Americh built the base Amigdash, that's when he created the annex for the Oren. Is a kavanaboze that was intentional, and his intention is need to the is not just simply to give us a location. So if we ever wanted to go on an expedition to find the iron, we'd know where to start looking. What's irrelevant? What happened in the past truly is history and not part of our why does the Rambam tell us that Shlomo Americh designed the building this way? Because he is re-clarifying or he's introducing to us a halacha about the base Amigdash we would never have known. Namely, it's not just that Shlomo Amalek was such a brilliant person, so he knew that there would be at some point an emergency, and then we would need, out of lack of options, to hide the Oren somewhere, so let's just prepare for that and have a good plan B in place. That's not what's motivating Shlomo Amalek. Now, by Binyan Abayis, instead, Shlomo Amalek sets out right at the beginning to create a Beis Amigdash that will have as the Orens or Kilo Hobbins famous in Beis Amigdash that before the Beis Amigdash opens its doors and begins functioning there will already be two options of where in the Beis Amigdash the Oren belongs not where it belongs and where we'll hide it when we're under duress there are two places the Oren belongs Aleph Amogim Golu one of those places is obvious if they have enough shia b'kodesh hakadoshim on that special rock from which the world was created, which sits in the kodesh hakadoshim, in addition to which beis amokim to gain a zayinem lematam b'kodesh hakadoshim, and there's an alternate place where the aron belongs when and if it has to be hidden. Bematmoynes amukos vakal kolos in these subterranean, confusing tunnels. But the Rambam is showing us that that annex is. From the start, part of the precinct of the Beis Amikdash. It's considered in the Beis Amikdash, though. Thus, haste in other words. The Geniza Sa'oran is nicking in Nosef of Beis Amikdash. It's not like most of us would have thought there was a Beis Amikdash, and then there was this, uh, this uh, place, this, this bunker where we're going to put the base, we're going to hide the, the Oren. No, that's not how it works. 
It's like this emergency procedure that kicks in when the wheels come off. That bunker is part of the laws of how you build a base amigdash. Just like in order to build a base amigdash, you have to have a place. It's called the Kodesh Akadoshim. Where the Oren can be exposed in its normal, so to speak, state most of the time. Similarly, the base amigdash also has to have an alternate space where at the time the Oren has to be hidden, it belongs. Fadamarin, a place for the Aaron, on the midvert Bavont in Itzchis from Kedesh HaKedoshim, and that will ensure that the Kedesh HaKedoshim is always in its state of full service and full holiness. Because you need the Aaron to be in its allocated place somewhere beneath the Kedesh HaKedoshim as its allocated second place of Kedesh HaKedoshim in order for the Kedesh HaKedoshim to work, in order for the Beis HaMikdash to work. And thus appears from Divrei Rambam. That's what the Rambam is telling us. And if we pay attention to his words, we'll see it. At the time, the Shlomo built the base Amigdash. And he knew it would one day be destroyed. Therefore, he built that place. That's not telling us that Shlomo Amelech had his own voluntary project to build a plan B for the base for the for the Aaron. But rather, when he built the base, it was with an awareness of its future destruction. And the same Abishta who told him to build a base, told him to build this place, this bunker to hide it. Because we need to have the Aaron in the Kedesh HaKadoshim. Had Shlomo Melech just dug out some kind of a, a place to hide the base of Migdash at some point, without knowing that, that maybe should say, build a place, you, you'll, you'll find out what it's for on a need-to-know basis. Had Shlomo Melech not known that this place he's burrowing out is for the Oren, then Shlomo Melech could never have designated that place as a holy place like the Kodesh HaKadoshim for the Oren. But because he knows that this is the plan, the Beis HaMikdash will stand for four centuries and then it's going to fall and there will be a place where the Oren has to go until Moshiach comes. That's the plan. So therefore he sanctifies it with the same intention that he sanctified the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Is the Rambam Madgish and the Rambam emphasizes that by telling us that Shlomo knew that the end game of his base Amigdash is its destruction. Which is the reason why he built the bunker for the Aaron. From the beginning, as part of the plans of the base Amigdash, was included this bunker. And the Rambam is illustrates to us that it's the right place for this to happen. It's difficult to reach. It's confusing. You're not going to know where it is. It's very deep. So it's designed for concealment. It's designed for protection. The Rambam is illustrating to us that Shlomo Amalek had the awareness and the intention to sanctify that Subterranean bunker for the Oren in the same way as the Kedesh HaKadoshim was sanctified for the Oren. 
Now that we know that this is what the Rambam wants us to know, we can understand the other historical facts that he includes in his explanation. That it was Yoshio Americh that he instructed. Where did they hide it? In the place that Shlomo had prepared for this eventuality. In other words, the Rambam wants to further prove to us that the eventual hiding of the Oren in this bunker wasn't just, okay, we don't know what to do. Let's look around. Is there a place? Then they discover a place. It was something that was planned right from the start. Yoshiyahu knows he's got to take the Oren to the place that Shloma Melech planned, built, and made for the Oren right from the beginning, Asatel from Kodesh HaKadoshim, which he made as part of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Is the Rambam So therefore, the Rambam explains, that's what the Rambam points out, that the hiding of the Oren did not happen when the emergency occurred. They didn't wait until the Babylonians were there, destroying the base Hamikdash, and then they quickly ran out to hide the Oren. The Zman fun Bidiyevet, which would indicate that they just did it out of lack of options. But it was Yoshiyahu HaMelech. In other words, a time where there was no tangible threat to the Jewish people. People are familiar with the history of the time will know that Yoshiyahu had a powerful Jewish kingdom. Not only was it not a time of threat when the Aaron was moved to its bunker, but it was even moved in a way that reflects how Shlomo Amelech took the Aaron into the Kodesh HaKadoshim in the first place. How so? So the Rambam tells us. There is a Jewish king, a righteous Jewish king, giving the instruction of what to do the Aaron at this time. That mirrors how Shlomo Amelech was the one who instructed putting the Aaron into the Kodesh HaKadoshim at the launch of the Beis HaMikdash. Who does Yoshiyahu instruct to carry the Aaron to its hiding place? The Levim. Which is technically same as by the time of Shlomo Amelech, where Shlomo Amelech, it was the Koyhanim who brought the uh, the Oren into the Kodesh Hakadosh. So that's what Rashi, that's what the Rambam is telling us of here. He says you have to understand this is not emergency protocols. This is a plan, and it's a plan with the intention of keeping the holy integrity of the Beis Hamikdash. And that will also explain the particular words of the Pasuk that the Rambam quotes. And the far as the Pasuk with Daik Sizog de Meloshin, Tenu Esarin Akedesh Babayis Ashabona Shlomagomen. Two key words over there. Place it in the, the, the structure that was made for it. So it's If it's an emergency, you don't say put the RN somewhere, you say get the RN out of here. Now, Fakeret, S is Nesina Babayis. This is a very orderly, planned process. Put the iron in the structure that was designated for it. On the far brink, the Rambam which explains also why the Rambam quotes more of the Pasuk than what we felt was relevant to the discussion. Turns out that the latter part of the Pasuk is absolutely relevant to the discussion. Because how does the Pasuk conclude? Okay, so you're not going to carry the iron on your shoulders any longer, but now you're going to serve Hashem. Serve Hashem where? He's describing what's going to happen. The Oren is now going to be hidden over Mele, which obviously precludes you from having the option to carry it on your shoulders because it's hidden. You don't have access to it. 
But still, in spite of the fact that the that the, the Aaron is inaccessible, that does not mean that the the avoid on the base hamikdash grinds to a halt. Nor even the sashem rekechem in base hamikdash. That's the instruction of you. Keep doing the avoida in the base hamikdash, which they would continue to do from the time of Yeshua Medach until the Chorban. But Dochtem felt it in Binyan Abayis because the Beis Hamikdash is not lacking. It's not a disabled Beis Hamikdash because the Aaron is hidden. That was always the plan to retain the integrity of the Beis Hamikdash. And now we can understand why the Rambam Dafka quoted the, the details about the Urim Vatumim because it has more than just a passing similarity to our story. Now we understand why the Rambam concludes Allah by telling us with all of those details about the Urim Vetumim in the second base. Why? The Urim Vetumim serves as an illustration of what he's just explained to us about the Urim. The Urim was still intact and still in the appropriate place, just like the Urim Vatumim was still intact and in the appropriate place on the chest of the Kohen Godel. is given a Godel despite the fact that to the eye of the beholder, it's gone. There's been a significant change. We don't see an Urim in the Beis HaMikdash. Says the Rambam exactly as Hazegafin, when I'm going to get going to see the same kind of thing happen with the Urim Vetumim. Because, you know, Vetumim, the Rambam's view is that the Urim Vetumim was physically present in the second base, in the flap behind the Chayshin. But despite it being present, like the Aaron is present, it's present in a totally different way to how it was in the first base Amigdash, meaning, you don't get the messages that you used to get via the Urim Vatumim. The Urim Vatumim exist, they exist without any missing pieces, and they do absolutely nothing that we can understand and appreciate. But they're whole, intact. And therefore the Urim Vatumim count as one of the eight garments that the Kohen Godel is required to wear when he's on duty. And it's the same message um, reinforced for us. Now with that information, we should now have a completely different appreciation for the second base Amigdash. In fact, not only are we going to have this incredible insight to the second base of it's still holy, it's still functional, it's still intact. So not only do we have the base of with all its pieces, the Aaron is like it's in the Kedush HaKadoshim. But we actually now get an insight into something about the holiness of the first base of we might not have realized. From our perspective, the first base Hamikdash only lasted for four centuries, so it's not an eternal structure. So it can sign ungeven churben abayis. There was the potential of, and that potential, unfortunately, was realized in practice, where the first base Hamikdash was destroyed. So, as far as we can see, first base Hamikdash ended. That's not the truth. The first base Hamikdash has a certain eternal element to it, which is. In the structure and design of the first base Amigdash is the bunker, which can never be destroyed, and the Aaron is as a result of which the Aaron remains there in perpetuity, 
In other words, the entire holiness of anything that happened till, during, and beyond the second base Amikdash is actually all a continuation of the first base Amikdash. The fact that the first sanctification of Yerushalayim and the Beis Hamikdash is eternal, as we've said, that's because the Shechina is there and the Shechina never gets weakened. But here the Rambam takes it as a layer deeper. Sorry, the way we normally understand it, the area, the geography accommodates the Shechina, and therefore it's got eternal holiness. Says the Rambam, that's true, and more. The building that originally stood on that place as Hashem's home, the first place Amikdash, also has an element to it which is absolutely eternal. The Kedush HaKedoshim is milchatchile geboit givaron leshaitai uli osid lavei, because the Kedush HaKedoshim, which is the core of the whole base Amikdash, was originally designed not only for its time, but for all time, because of its bunker. Now we have a completely different appreciation of the link, the connection that exists between all three Bate Mikdash. They're not just a succession plan. We're not just saying there are three buildings, one built by Shlomo, one built by Ezra, one that will be built by Mashiach. They happen to be in the same place, they serve the same purpose, they have similar architecture, and that's the link. The truth is, it's one building, one structure, one reality. The second base is not 100% new, or the third for that matter. What's happening is the first base is being rebuilt a second and then a third time. Because the first base Amikdash, as we have now learned, was built as an eternal structure, Nitzchi. And that eternal structure reappears, Hasheni Vashlishi, as the second and eventually third base Amikdash. And this is quite similar to the concept of resurrection. Similar to the idea of what's going to happen when people come back to life when Mashiach comes. What's going to happen when Mashiach comes? Debesh is going to produce brand new bodies for all these souls that have been waiting. We understand that there's some core element of the human body that never dies. The so-called loose bone or the essence of of the person that never dies, however we are to understand it, and the human is built out of that. In other words, the new human that's going to walk around after Tchia Samesim is effectively a revamped version of the original human. In who could never disappear. Which is exactly the same principle as Shlema Melech designing this place where the Oren is going to be hidden. The Mokim Oren is the Etzem Ike Canal from the Beis Amikdash because the Oren is the core, it's the DNA, it's the essence of the Beis Amikdash. And that essence can never be destroyed. The second and third Beis Amikdash have to be built out of that essence rather than superimposed onto the site where the Beis Amikdash once stood. The perspective the Rambam has given us in this halacha totally radically revolutionizes our perspective of what it means to be in a state of destruction and a state of Golis. In the Beis Hamikdash, mitzadat zmei vodnitz gekent zankinyan shulchurman. 
The Rambam is illustrating to us that it's actually impossible to destroy a base amigdash. That's not possible. In the base amigdash, then Hashem. There is no question that, excuse me, that the Gentiles who destroy the base amigdash do not, of their own accord, have the capacity or the power to be able to destroy Hashem's home. That is unthinkable. Okay, so what happened? The fact the base amigdash was destroyed. That's because in the Beis Amigdash, at the time that it was being built, is given It was built with a plan to be destroyed. So nobody could destroy a Beis Amigdash except that the Ebishter created this Beis Amigdash to be destroyed. Therefore, it is vulnerable. Now, why would the Ebishter do that? Before we get there, let's look at ourselves as you. There is no way that the way that, that the Abish designed the world, that the non-Jewish world should have power over us. The only thing is, unfortunately, sometimes we behave in a way that opens us up to be vulnerable to the power of the non-Jewish world, and then we're in trouble. It's not only the non-Jewish world that has no power over us, the heavenly courts have no power over us. The angels have no power over us. The higher spiritual beings have no power over us. And therefore, if the based in Shomayla decides a particular uh, case against a Jewish person, a particular, a particular decision against a Jewish person, it can only happen because the Jewish person did something to draw that particular attention to themselves. As the famous word, that basically what happens is that the Abishah waits for us to pass judgment on somebody in a similar situation, and then the based in Shomayla can apply that judgment to us. But no force in the world outside of the Abishah has power over us. That's what the Rambam wants us to know. How was it possible the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed? It's because when Shlomo Amelech built the Beis Hamikdash, not only was he aware of the possibility of its destruction, but Shlomo Amelech actually created the possibility of destruction by by creating a plan B for the Aaron that allows the possibility of a Churban. Now you'll ask, why would he do that? Think about it. The time of the building of the Beis Amigdash was a time of such incredible joy, such incredible passion for the Eibishter. Shlema Melech's head is 400 years down the line thinking about its destruction. And he actually did something physical because of that awareness and concern. The only feasible explanation for that is that Shlomo Melech knew the destruction of the first Beis Amigdash is in the interests of the purpose of the Beis Amigdash. <laughs> How's that possible? Babir was there is no question about it. We dare not, God forbid, suggest that the destruction of the Beis Amigdash was an end to itself. The only reason for the base summit just being destroyed is only to facilitate something far deeper, more powerful, greater, higher that would follow what we call a descent that is designed for the purpose of creating ascent. So what's the ultimate 
that's going to come out of it. The ultimate goal and purpose was the, the construction of the third base amigdash, which would be eternal. And that would be the ultimate. Not only would it last forever, but it would be the ultimate version of the base amigdash, because as the Zayhar identifies, it would be built by Hashem's hands, which of course have no limits. That's why the Rambam tells us, is building the base He knows I'm a human being. If I'm building something, it must be finite. Therefore, it has to be destroyed at some point. It's a human construction that cannot last indefinitely. On the far, recognizes the Abish to ask me to make this, therefore it cannot last forever. Therefore, we have to prepare a place for the Aaron, and in such a way that it will retain the Kedusha of the base Amigdosh. And therefore, effectively, Shlomo Amelech created the possibility of the destruction. Because Shlomo Amelech wants to facilitate the ultimate state, which is the third base of English. You've got to get there. There are steps. One of those steps is the base of English. So he builds it. But he builds it with the contingency of its destruction so that we can get beyond this to version 3.0, which is going to be the ultimate base of English. So the destruction of the space is to facilitate the great rebound that will follow. And you can actually see this principle illustrated in what Shleim HaMelech did. Built a place to hide the iron, which actually represents two ends of the spectrum. Because those vies, as the vies, as the on the one hand, Shlomo Amelech building a bunker for the Aaron is the most clear testimony to the fact that he knows and believes the Beis Hamikdash will be destroyed. But on the other hand, building that same bunker is intended to do what? To ensure that the Aaron will survive eternally, which effectively means the Beis Hamikdash will survive eternally. So, how ironic. The destruction of the Beis Hamikdash is evidenced by the need to build a bunker for the Aaron, which in turn will allow the Beis Hamikdash to, to last forever. Because even the third Beis Hamikdash is just going to be a reformatting of the first Beis Hamikdash. So the first thing, of course, that, uh, that uh, Shlomo Amelech was able to guarantee is that the second base Amelech would not be lacking in any way. And this ensured, Shlomo Amelech's actions ensured that the Aaron would remain intact. And of course, as mentioned, because the Aaron remains intact, therefore there's the possibility, like the Etzem Luz, to rebuild the whole base Amelech that is effectively the first base Amelech being rebuilt. And with that in mind, let's go back to explain from the perspective of Hasidus the three terms that the Rambam uses to describe the tunnels that lead to the place where the Aaron is in. Which is hidden places and what is deep, and crooked. Basically, the Rambam is alluding to over here with what is the great outcome and the great advantage to creating the space to hide the iron. 
On the face of it, the reason that there is this uh, labyrinth beneath the, the, the uh, Harabais is in order to protect the Aaron at a time of Chorman. So we know that the Yerida is designed as a catalyst to wake us up so that we'll do tshuva so we actually get the ultimate base Hamigdash Ashlishi. So the Rambam is telling us hiding away the Oren and therefore facilitating the Chorban by Yisrishon is supposed to wake up something deep, deep inside of ourselves. The so-called deep tunnels is supposed to talk about that godliness that is so deep, so profound, so much beyond us. And because it's so far beyond us, through ordinary service of Hashem, just going about doing what we're expected to do, we actually can't reach such elevated levels. But when it comes to tshuva, tshuva is not just behaving as a Jew is meant to behave. That's where a person's gone, a winding path. So there's the winding path of misbehavior that leads to the winding positive path of tshuva. That's what facilitates and reveals these deep, deep tunnels. These are things that cannot be uh, uh, that cannot be accessed in the ordinary way. That you've got to kind of come up with some kind of a surprise approach. And we'll see the effects of our tshuva translated practically into the structure of the third base amigdash, which will be eternal. That should be rebuilt and revealed to us very very soon. With the ultimate gula with Mashiach, should happen in Mitzvah Shem right now.